A smart person learns from their mistakes. A wise person learns from others' mistakes. Welcome to the My Mistakes Podcast. We cover the lessons learned from the mistakes we've made in business so you won't do the same. I'm Christian Truly. Today's guest is Francisco Cunha. He's the founder of Big O'Day, a video production company. Find out how attending his friend's wedding as the best man, shooting some footage on an iPhone, editing the hell out of it, and turning out a video that everyone loved led to a career of first filming wedding videos for other people, and then to video production for companies and large organizations. He tells their story through the medium of video. This episode is being brought to you by Don Pablo Coffee. Specialty grade beans roasted in small batches. It's a better cup of coffee. Get yours at Amazon or at DonPabloCoffee.com. All right, so for the My Mistakes podcast today, I have on with me my good friend, Francisco Cunha from Big O'Day Productions. And I wanted to speak to Francisco today because we were having a talk last week about messaging and discussing with business and with people's own personal brands, sometimes how they don't effectively represent themselves. Or I was speaking to him about messaging and what I took from it was tapping into really finding things unique about yourself. And Francisco's done videos for Connects, which for anyone that doesn't know, Connects is a organization that I started that brings business owners together for self-improvement, for business development, for exchanging business and networking purposes. But Francisco's done all the videos to help tell the story so people understand what Connects is and what represents itself. So I wanted Francisco to come on and talk about how he comes up with what he does and how he sometimes can be more effective in helping us to realize our vision by using the medium of video. So Francisco, if you can uh, introduce yourself and explain to people how you got into video and what you think you do that's different with your approach to video and editing. Sure, so my company is called Bigode. We are a video production content creation company. I got into videography, let's see, about 13 years ago in February because my son was born. That put a camcorder in my hand and started recording his life journey. And I didn't want to just make typical home movies. So I concentrated on doing these little abstract films and learning how to really edit and fine tune my editing through YouTube University. And that was pretty much it. Just started doing these little home movies. And then a good friend of mine, Rich, who was a film student, was getting married, asked me to be his groomsman. And behind the scenes at his wedding, I was just filming stuff with my iPhone. Came home that night, cut it to music, sent it to him. He loved it, posted it on Facebook. And then a mutual friend of ours, Loretto, who was a professional wedding photographer, saw the film and called me up and said, hey, if I can get you a few clients, would you be interested in, doing, in filming weddings? Initially, I thought she was crazy because I didn't think anyone would pay me to film their wedding with my iPhone. She then instructed me that I would have to get professional equipment, which luckily my friend Rich was a film student, lent me his equipment, and she got me my first few clients. After that, I was getting booked professionally, averaging about 10 to 15 weddings a year. And then that led to me shooting a music video for Sony Red Records. And that's where I am today now. So working with corporate businesses and doing weddings on the side. So with the weddings, is that something that became like your 
trademark thing where instead of just doing a standard video where you're passing around a mic and everyone's saying to the bride and groom, have a wonderful honeymoon. Instead of that, was it you adding your creativity to their videos as well? Yeah, absolutely. So initially when I started doing this, I thought I was editing films like no one else before. Because when I had my wedding video 10 years prior to getting married, or a few years prior to getting married, I shouldn't say 10, the, the wedding video was pretty much just a guy with a camcorder on his shoulder filming around, and it was two hours long, and it was dreadful, you know? Even though it was your own wedding, it was dreadful to kind of sit through every time someone was like, yeah, let's look at your wedding video. You're like, oh, God damn it. So I thought I was editing in a completely new way. And then one of my other friends was getting married and she showed me a wedding videographer that she was using. And I was like, oh my God, I have a lot of work to do. So I think what sets me apart, especially with when I was doing weddings at that time was, and this is going to sound kind of corny, but I found true love in my life. And I felt like it gave me an insight into that to be able to recognize it in others. And through that, was able to really tell their love story because I could see the nuances of their love, if that makes sense. So it just kind of set me apart. And then finding the right music to tell their story, and it just always worked out. Every, I, I never had an edit that came back to me because someone was like, we didn't like the music on this, or you know, it didn't quite tell our story. So it really worked out that my first edits or anything that I presented to them were usually accepted right away. So I've been very fortunate in that case. I could not agree more with that. Every video you've ever done, I'm like thinking back, every video that you've ever done for Connects, one of the things that always grabs me is the music. Like the music is always spot on where like it grabs that emotion. And like anyone that sees a video that you've done for Connects, it really, it's powerful. And it's not that what the individual saying isn't powerful, but you're able to almost like the cherry on top, the accent to make it that much more. Do you think that your background with music or your love for music, that has a lot to do with this storytelling? Like, how did you bring those two together? How do you see those as being important to the whole project? Oh, I think it's extremely important. I mean, if you watch a movie on mute, you don't quite get the emotional attachment that you have when you're listening to the score along with it, especially when it's a good score. And that's something that I've always recognized early on. You know, again, I'm not a film student. This is not something that I went to school for. This is something that kind of happened very organically in my life. But I've always had a passion for film and music. And being able to understand the tone of the song and being able to incorporate that with the message of the video. So yeah, so I feel like, I mean, I could spend hours trying to find the right track. I mean, that's, that's usually the biggest frustration for me is being able to find the right music. But when you hear it, you know, and then it's just, then everything becomes, like the flow becomes so much easier after that point. Like, are you looking for something in particular when you're going over music and looking for something like, do you kind of envision something or are you just trying things and seeing what fits and feels right? No, I generally have a sense of what I'm looking for as far as like the pace, uh, the tonality of it. And then, yeah, and then it's just a matter of clicking on tracks. And usually I, I can go like five seconds into the song and be like, next, next. And a lot of it's next. But then it's like creating playlists. Like, all right, that one might work. That one might work. 
And then all of a sudden you hear the one that actually feels right. And you put it into, you know, you conceptualize it and then you realize like, yeah, this really works. Do you feel that like when you were just talking about your friend's wedding or when you would film other people's weddings, you could identify that feeling of love because you felt it as well and you were telling their story and you wanted to share it because of your story. Do you find that that also happens depending in the state of mind or the emotions that you're feeling when you're working on someone else's wedding? If you're in a bad state of mind or you're angry about something or you're upset about something, does that kind of spill over into the way that you're editing their video or a video for a client unintentionally? Yeah, you always run into that. For those who don't know, I battled with depression for a period of time, and that happened when I was in doing my videography. And I have to be very cautious as far as like, is the music that I'm selecting too depressive right now? Is it not really capturing the, the, the tone that I'm looking for because of my mood? And a lot of it would be, you know, like I'm, I'm a very organic person when it comes to working. So I never try to force things to happen. I'm diligent. I'll, I'll continue to work and, and try to make it happen. But for the most part, if it's not there, I'll break, I'll come back to it and, and wait for myself to get into that zone where everything just starts to flow perfectly. So yeah, so I definitely have to be cautious as far as what my mood is to make sure that it doesn't correspond to the video that I'm working with. Interesting that you said if you're not feeling it or walk away from it, because anytime I'm working on any kind of project involving any kind of creativity or writing, I get so frustrated when I know what I want to say or I know what I'm going for and I'm just not connecting it. I'm not getting that emotion. It's so hard for me to walk away so I continue to try to force it. And then I get more frustrated. When you come into those situations, what's your advice or like what's your advice you'd have for me when something's not working? At what point do you bail out and say, let me come back to this? It varies. You know, sometimes that can be 15, 30 minutes into the project and it's just not there for me. And I'm like, you know what? My brain's just not there. Let me take a nap. Let me see if my dreams can spark something. Let me go for a walk. Let me do a little exercise. Let me just listen to music. So I'll, I'll channel different processes to see what will spark that creativity back in me. Sometimes it's worth looking at other people's work to get inspired. So there's, many different facets of trying to get that inspiration for myself, you know, but yeah, I would never sit there and like force yourself to come up with an idea. It's always best to kind of like regroup and then come back to it with fresh, with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Like how you said, look at, or listen to other people's work. I've never done that at those times. So I'm going to add that to my to do or to try. I'm curious with the weddings when you're filming a wedding like you saw the love in situations. Has it ever been obvious to you where clearly it's not obvious to the others around at the wedding that two people are getting married who shouldn't be getting married where you can sense something? <laughs> I have to say there might've, I've been very fortunate to the couples that I've had that they, they've all seen very much in love and have a great story together. There might've been one where I questioned the longevity of their relationship. So yeah, I might have had one, but for the most part, out of like the 70 weddings that I've shot, that's pretty good. 
And if they're having any hesitation or doubt, once they watch your wedding video, you capture the emotion of love so much. It's almost like propaganda. Like, no, honey, look, watch a video again. We do love each other. Right, we do <laughs> love each other. <laughs> Every time we hear that song that's in the video, I fall more in love with you. Right. You're not doing the typical wedding video where you're just editing footage, cutting out the swears, the drunk uncle, the person that mooned the camera. You're not doing the typical turning out videos like a factory. For someone hiring you, do you find that people are nervous that they're taking a risk to do something different? Or has everyone that's hired you know that they're hiring you for something that's not going to be your traditional standard wedding video? I, I mean, I like to think like they're hiring me for my style, you know? And in my contract, it basically states that I have complete creative control between the music, the edits, everything. I mean, if there's like, a person in there that they no longer want in their video or, you know, there's a bad breakup or something happened where they don't want a particular person in their video, then I would obviously edit that out. But for the most part, I have complete control over their edit. And they know that going forward. I disclose that right away. And not to say that we're not collaborating or they're not giving me examples as far as music that they like. And, you know, I try to be accustomed to that. But yeah, it's my complete creative control. And that's how I go about it. As far as you know, dealing with the clients, I can't say whether they're nervous or not, but everyone who's received their wedding video has been satisfied. So I'm happy about that. You know, that's all I could ask for. I can definitely attest to the fact that I've told you an emotion. That's usually for those that don't know, I'll send Francisco just either raw footage off Zoom, especially in the last eight, nine months, whatever it's been quarantining, I can't keep track anymore. I could just say, here's the emotion I'm going for. I want people to feel warmth. And that's really all I'll say. And then he can somehow make an entire video between 40 seconds and a minute that completely exudes warmth. And it's amazing because like the emotion that I wanted to feel, you somehow capture in just like Zoom footage, but where you make the edits. So that's powerful. So Francisco, from doing the wedding videos and that being kind of like where your start was in telling a story, how did you then make that transition to working with businesses and larger organizations? So in October, 2018, I started Begode and my focus there was to concentrate more on small businesses and corporations and making them videos that were not typical to what they were accustomed to. It took about a year for it to really start taking off. I landed one of my largest clients, which was Northwell, thanks to a connection that I had there. And then COVID started to happen. And what that allowed me to do was to really focus on my networking, which I never really had too much experience on doing. Most of my sales experience was inbound sales, not outbound. So this gave me a good experience to kind of lock down and meet interesting people during the lockdown and really home in on my skills as far as connecting with people and getting them interested in working with me. And that's what I ended up doing. Connect was a big help in that, establishing those relationships as well as other networking groups. And through that, I decided to help one particular company, black car company, doing like a pro bono video to show them their PPE procedures and how they're going about, you know, sterilizing their cars for passengers. And that looked great. You know, it was something that I was really excited about doing. It's a nice piece for my portfolio. And it was helping a company that was devastated during COVID. 
And then from there, Northwell being a large hospital healthcare system in New York, did that come following the black car commercial or that was before that? That was before that. Yeah. So I landed that November of 19. We filmed something. We, we filmed their Martin Luther King 50th anniversary. That was the big film for me. And then I started working with them again in October. And then again, this past December. Big Ode, what's the origin of that name? What does that mean? Yeah, it has nothing to do with videography. Big Ode is Portuguese for mustache. So one being that I have facial hair, that was part of it. But it's also the nickname that I give my dog, Big because he has a mustache. And he's the logo of my company. So it's just a tie to that. Sort of like a, a, a no to my dog, because I love him so much. How do you say beard in Portuguese? You know what? I, I don't know. Because I'm curious, what if that's a cooler sounding name than mustache in Portuguese? Because you do have a beard. You might have to <laughs> open a second company that does something similar. It's Barba. B-A-R-B-A. Yeah. No, you need to go in. So you need to only rock a mustache. You need to get rid of the beard and just make mustache about your brand. I, I tried that, but my wife would definitely leave me at that point. All right. Yeah. Keep the, keep the beard then. So going off branding with that, do you try to stay along the lines of what a business's branding is? Or do you find that a lot of businesses that you have been working with that there isn't a clear brand where you have certain guidelines or parameters that you need to stay within? Or is it important that people identify their brand from the start before talking to you? Well, I think a lot of businesses have a hard time relaying their message. So branding is definitely a part of that. You know, branding to a lot of people is like what their logo looks like, you know, the font that they're using, the colors that they're using, you know, what their business card may look like. That's not branding to me. Branding is what are people saying about your business? When your message isn't clear, then, you know, people can't relay that message to others or seek you out when they need you. So for me, it's really important to make sure that we get that message clear and that we illustrate that in a visually compelling way. Do you ask businesses when you initially meet with them, what is your mission or who are you trying to attract? Like, are you hearing all that first or are you just like, tell me nothing uh, for my own opinion? No. So if there's a company that's interested in working with me, then I'll usually do some background checking. I'll, I'll look at their website. I'll see what their messaging is so far. I'll see what I like, what I dislike. And then I'll have some sort of game plan kind of coming in. And then, of course, it's a, it's a conversation that we're having as far as like, what is the purpose of this video? You know, what are they looking to attract? You know, how are they planning on distributing? And that's a big question for me because we can make a kick-ass video but if it's going on deaf ears, then what's the impact that it's really having? So you have to have a distribution process once we create this video as well. That's extremely important. But no, trying to gather as much information that I could possibly can. And you know, I try to go on the deeper side as well. I try to go more into why are they doing this? You know, what, you know, like what sparked that interest in their life that they're now doing this as a career? And we want to be able to kind of tell more of the heart of the business story than just I'm a chiropractor or, and I crack backs, you know, you know, what's, what's a deeper message than that. And it's the lives that they're changing when they're doing those procedures. So that's what we're trying to get at. 
you discussed distribution channels all initially to like say where are you going to be putting this out? So you're going into it with a plan of who those people are. If they have an idea of I'm going to get it on the local news and they're telling you that they have a budget of like a thousand dollars and they want to film a video and get on the local news. Like, are you suggesting to them or bringing to their attention that that's not going to happen? Or do you just do the video and not tell them something's not going to work and let them try to go that route? No, I mean, the best thing for me is, you know, what, what I want is as many eyes on my video as possible. So I want this to be as successful for them as it is for me, because it's just a benefit for me as well. The more people who see that video, the more likely of a chance that someone will use me to record their next video. But, you know, I'm never going to arm wrestle with a client. You know, I'm going to state my opinion. I'm going to put them in the hands of people who could help them distribute those videos for them, help with their social media marketing, possibly help with public relations, and see if we can go ahead and get as many views on those videos as possible. Awesome. Well, I'm going to link your personal contact on the podcast. Where can people find you, locate you, see your work? So you can find me on the website, www.bigode.rocks. That's B-I-G-O-D-E dot rocks, R-O-C-K-S. And you can find me on my Instagram handle at C-U-N-H-A. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing what you did today. And thank you for making Connects look so great in the videos that you put out. Well, thank you for trusting me with that. And thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. For more info, visit getconnects.com. That's G-E-T-C-O-N-N-E-X-X.com. Or visit us on Facebook at connects, comma, I-N-C, or on Instagram at connects underscore. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Don Pablo. All their coffee is roasted in small batches, providing the freshest tasting coffee imaginable. Simply put, it's a better cup of coffee. Order on Amazon or at donpablocoffee.com. Thank you.